0: Welcome to episode 41 of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This week, it's the stories that touched our young hearts. Our stupid, naive, immature hearts. Yeah. Kick it! Welcome, one and all, to episode 41 of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and today my friends Chris and Eric will be joining me. We're going to be talking about the stories from our youth that resonated for us, that made us feel something true, and whether they hold up. So we'll be getting into that in a little bit. Of course, we have two segments in our show. We also do a segment where we talk about what we've been watching, reading, enjoying the last week or so. If you want to skip that and go... To the, uh, the nostalgia topic It's about 20 to something odd Minutes in Check the notes in your podcast app To get the timestamps For when the various segments starts As always You can reach us on Twitter At MagHuge Facebook.com Slash MagnificentlyHuge We're on Instagram As MagnificentlyHuge And you can email MagnificentlyHuge At gmail.com If you like what you hear In this show Please share it With your friends On your social media feeds Give us ratings In your podcast apps And subscribe to the podcast all right, we got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody! It's the Magnificent the Huge Podcast. We're back.
1: We are back. Uh, where we we front? No, let's not do that. No, no, <laughs> no, never do that. Never do that.
0: Uh, this is our podcast where we talk about movies and TV and music and theater and podcasts and stuff. Yes we do. Uh my name is Brian. I forgot books. Oh no. Chris <laughs> talks about books. <laughs> <laughs> you Philistine. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, I I talk about books sometimes. Oh my name is Brian. Over there is uh Chris and Eric. I'm Eric. Yeah, I'm Chris. Okay.
2: God, episode what, 41 we're now at? Episode 41? Yeah, episode 41, 41 yep. Man. The next episode
1: is the the meaning of podcast life. That's not Excellent. from some Maybe. book, is it? No, it's a movie. Okay, good. Good.
0: All right, <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and get into our segment we call The Fresh Shit.
1: This shit is fresh. Oh, shit, That is fresh. This
0: stuff is really uh, This is our segment where we talk about all the movies and everything but books that we've been doing, uh, for the last week or so. So
1: disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who wants to go first? Uh, I think Eric, since he's the oldest, he should go first. (laughs) (laughs) You bitch. Yeah, um,
2: (laughs) I, 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 I've, I've been really loving Planet Money, uh, the, the podcast from NPR. Um, and uh, they had a show i'm trying to find it now uh so yeah i feel really flat-footed here but the guy who uh saved the life of uh president ford when someone tried to assassinate him um or i didn't
0: it? even know that someone tried to assassinate ford oh yeah uh, a woman
2: uh pulled out a 38 and uh he was you know it was some parade or something and was gonna shoot him and just before she did this combat marine who happened to be standing next to her you know yanks the gun away from her was that she got a shot off uh oh yeah that's right she got a shot off and missed and then he took the gun from her but then the whole story of what happens to this guy afterwards is so just bizarre and sad
1: i like the fact that her nickname was squeaky squeaky from Uh, yeah
2: squeaky from
0: yeah did anyone take a shot at carter ever I don't
1: think so. Uh,
0: no, he
2: had like, the whole
1: Reagan. The last one to get shot at. I don't know. I think so because Bush had the shoe thrown at him. Does that count? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Though it was funny as hell. And hey, that Bush, he's
2: got it, it, some reflexes, yeah.
0: man. He ducked. <laughs> <laughs> he's like pow, years pow. of practice dodging shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot more people getting shot. You know, sixties and seventies. Anyway,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, a lot more famous people now. All of us are getting shot. It's 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 much more egalitarian the way we handle yes. shootings now. <laughs> yes. Bullets um, well, for everyone. Yeah, I can't find it. I'm a I'm a poop. All right, I'll get back to you on this. But it was it was an amazing show, and everyone should listen to it just as soon as I figure out what it was called.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's from NPR. Is that what you said?
2: I'll get back to you on that. Okay
0: Okay, Chris, do you want to talk about yours maybe while, while Eric tries to search his podcast history?
1: Uh Sure. I, I didn't really uh, <laughs> watch a whole lot. Uh, I basically did a bunch of music this week, and by a bunch of music, I basically just listened to a bunch of Dandy Warhols uh, for whatever reason. I, their newest album came out a couple years ago. It's called Distortland. Have you heard it?: No, I have not. Okay. It's really good. I'd listen to it when it first came out and kinda just, you know, pushed it aside. But lately, uh it, it kept creeping in to my daily listens, so I'd said, screw it. So I just uh put it on repeat and there's a lot of good tracks on there. There's one called Pope Reverend Jim that's really fun. love Pope Reverend Jim. So tall. And, and I think The living Casal brother from Devo did a remix of it that's very Devo esque. If you can even uh,
0: uh, appreciate that. That's Gerald Casal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he actually is probably the most uh, responsible for the Devo sound of anybody. Yeah. I mean, Mark Mothersbaugh gets all the credit, but Gerald Casal
1: really is the the, the heart of Devo. Yeah. Well, the remix is really good, but it's, it's just a, from top to bottom, it's just a really solid album which for the Danny Warhols is not something that is normal because they really haven't had just a, a complete album since, uh, what was it, 13 Tales from Urban Bohemia that's just from top to bottom. It's, you know, it's got uh, Bohemian Like You is the big, super grassy hit on that. like you, yeah, I like you bohemian
0: like you yeah, like you, yeah,
1: like you yeah, godless and Nietzsche and whatnot but this but this new one distortland is really top to bottom just every song is really good i mean they have like albums where you've got a couple cuts that are solid and then a lot of fluff so they're really hit or miss on a lot of stuff but uh going all the way back to their their i think it was their second album here come the danny warhols or no it was danny warhol's come down and that's got uh, Minnesota and Cool as Kim Deal and Not If You Were the Last Junkie on Earth. I could should you have got
0: a couple piercings and decided maybe let you would get-
1: So that's kind of where I cut my teeth on them. But I basically just went through the, the rabbit hole and listened to every single Danny Warhol's album that I could find on Spotify this week. Uh, and that's all I've done. It's pretty pathetic. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you read any books? This week?
1: Uh, no, I did not read any fucking books.
0: Did you watch any French silent films? Uh, no.
1: I did finish the, uh, the Impressionists miniseries documentary uh, towards the end of last week by a guy named Waldemar Janicek, who does really, really good art documentary stuff for the BBC. But it's a four-parter all about Pizarro and Manet and Monet and Van Gogh. Uh, so if you like Impressionist art, I would really recommend that one. But that was sort of uh, previous week, so it doesn't really count for this week. Hence, just the Dandy Warhols. But if you like... Uh, if you, my
0: knowledge of Impressionism is, is spotty.
1: Well, uh, Rich Little is not a painter. That's really where you need to start. Uh, so don't hmm. do that. I get that impression. <laughs> <laughs> is that the impression that you get? <laughs> Uh... uh.
0: Eric, did you find your podcast? <laughs> no, I am. I'm
2: not finding okay. shit because, of course, I want <laughs> to find it, which means I can't find it. Ah, here it is. It's it's the, I couldn't find it because it was so far back. <laughs> uh,
0: Tell us about it. What, did, what is it that you want people to listen to?
2: OK, it's a uh, radio lab uh, from September 21st, 2017. Oliver Sippel. Um, and it's about the guy who, yeah. Wrestled the gun from Squeaky when she tried to kill Ford, but you've got to listen to this show. It is it's about an hour long, and it is it's just an amazing history um, of this guy
1: who who wrestled I can't the tell gun. You anything more than that? That sounds but, like the opening right to on. like a uh, like a transcendentalist poem. He wrestled the gun from Squeaky from.
2: <laughs> Actually, I was just sit, sitting here thinking that'd be a cool band name, Squeaky F. You could make a band called Squeaky F. <laughs> Squeaky From and the Pistoleros.
1: Ooh, that's good too. <laughs> yeah, eventually we'll do a whole show about band names, but we'll put a pin in that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay.
0: So, Eric, you got anything else besides the podcast?
2: Uh, I'm still reading American Gods, which is uh, a fun, very strange book. Uh, Love it. Love it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's um, my favorite. God, it's yeah. my favorite Gaiman, I would have to say.
2: Oh, yeah. And let me just say, I'm watching the last season of uh, Bates Motel, and I can't believe this wasn't a bigger show than it was. I mean, I never heard anybody talking about it.
0: I guess it's one of those things where it's a prequel, so I don't care. I'm not sure it is. It's
2: it's more like a, a reboot or a... I don't know. But so it's, it's, it's another creepy version. as fuck. I mean, it, especially mm. this last season, he's already killed his mother. And the actress who plays her is playing both his sort of psychotic impression of talking with her, you know, the ghost of her. Mm-hmm. And uh, her embalmed corpse in the basement.
1: Ew yeah (laughs) nice is there is there a lot of taxidermy like in the the yes excellent lots
2: of taxidermy yeah okay anyway that's what i'm i'm down with that's what
1: i'm doing that's my thing that's that's that yeah well i'm just waiting i'm just waiting for jessica jones season two to drop in a couple of days and then i'll be all over oh heck yeah there's
0: okay like all the series are coming right up like jessica jones is coming back silicon valley is coming back Um, the Santa Clarita Diet's coming back. Like, all of this is is toward the end of March. Yeah. Uh, plus there's a bunch of movies coming. Like, it's a desert right now, (laughs) but there's just so much shit coming.
2: Oh, yeah. And of course, right now we've got, we've got Walking Dead, which I have very mixed feelings about. We're going to have to have that conversation someday. Uh, the, (laughs) the Scott Gimple podcast.
0: I think we should try to get Gimple on the phone. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. God. But, but it does
2: remind so me. Sick. Hi, we At have th- a podcast. Can we glom off of some of uh, our, yeah, our knowledge have, of you to? Yeah, really. To <laughs> keep <laughs> listeners. <laughs> listeners, for Christ's sake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it does remind me uh, one other thing that I forgot this week. I did. I found on Hulu of all places. It was a. It was a deep, deep cut. Uh, but I found Fall Guy is on there all the, the seasons of Fall Guy and I loved that show as a kid so I figured what the hell so I started watching the per, the pilot episode and it's like a 90 minute I mean they really did it up they had a lot of faith in Lee Majors and uh, it's awful uh, but it's got but it's got it's got Heather Thomas at the, the height of Heather Thomas them uh, and then, it, but it's pre Marky Post when she was on the show. So at one point you had Heather Thomas and Marky Post on the Fall Guy, and that's pretty much why mm. you watched when you were twelve, thirteen. Um, but the most notable thing about the first episode is that Lou Rawls is a guest star. So I'm just going to throw that out there because I like Lou Rawls.
2: Huh. So I don't know who
1: yeah. that is actually. Is You'll that a singer person? Find. Yeah, he's a singer all the way back to the 60s. Oh, okay. You'll never find. never
0: find As long as you live Someone who loves you Tender like I do so, Yeah, the fall guy. Don't read it. Apparently don't he had a song called You'll, You'll never, never Find. <laughs> We're never going to find it. No. Yeah. Okay. So I have a whole... Bunch of fresh shit Yay. this week. Uh, first, first of all, just a shout out. Um, there's new Weird Al Yankovic in the world. He released the Hamilton Polka. <laughs> <which is> <laughs> 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 exactly what do you think it is. Nice.
2: How does a bastard, orphan son of a whore and a Scotsman, dropped in the middle of a forgotten
0: spot in the Caribbean, by providence and povericious Waller,
2: grow up to be a hero and a scholar, a ten dollar founding father without a father, got a lot farther by working. A By being a lot smarter By being a self-starter By 14 They placed him in charge Of the trading charter Alexander Hamilton
0: Um, My name is Alexander Hamilton And he apparently He's selling I I might go to this in May He's got a new tour Which is called The Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour Um, The concept of this tour Is that he's not doing His big multimedia stage show He's playing small venues And he's not playing any parodies He's only playing his originals So, like, you got to be a deep fan. And Emo Phillips is opening.
1: Nice. Uh, Wow. Is Judy Tenuta on any of the dates? (laughs) Just make a day of it. Probably in LA. That reminds me of a... Um, I think it was like an Onion article. It was something, but the headline was basically fifth grader... uh, What do you do? Fifth grader goes after kid who doesn't know any of Elv Yankovic's non-hits. Basically, it's like you don't know the you don't know the originals, so you're not really a fan. <laughs> it was like your typical music conversation with a fucking yeah, fifth grader.
0: The Onion saw me and wrote an article about it and pretended it was satire. It's true. <laughs> um.
2: Okay. I remember you and I both being in grade school and being the only ones who were into Doctor Demento and all of the other kids looking at us like we were assholes and it's 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 like now being that much of a dork is the cool thing, and i I think that's the ultimate revenge that all those those fuckers there I swore again. All of those fuckers, their children now think that they're jerks.
0: <laughs> so um I actually got a uh there was a thing no, I don't know fifteen years ago that was going around kind of like a chain letter. It was, it was the J.J. Demento archive. Everybody who had been taping the Dr. Demento show back in the day <laughs> had put it down in MP3s, and they would send you this stack of DVD-Rs, and you made a copy, and then you made as many DVD-Rs of the stuff that you had that wasn't part of the archive and kept passing it around. I have nice. this stuff. I have, like, so much Dr. Demento. Like, anyway, to, from, from, um, like,
1: what, like from the 80s and earlier? Like, all of it. Yeah. Nice. Like 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Because a couple weeks ago, I just got a hair up my ass and I went looking for online episodes, Uh, but there's a paywall for pretty much all of them, so that's funny. Oh, yeah. Let me know. I probably have it. Good job.
0: Anyway, um, so stuff I've been... There's a podcast I listened to, uh, which was the You Are Not So Smart podcast from Boing Boing. And... The topic was the backfire effect. This is the notion that if you've got somebody whose identity is wrapped up in a set of tribal beliefs, like you're a creationist or like you don't believe in global warming, that evidence that works against your beliefs triggers the like, fight or flight mechanism and actually makes your... Beliefs that much stronger Even though you're being presented with evidence That contradicts your belief
1: Huh um, S- Sounds like America
0: Yeah Well I wanted to kind of juxtapose that Against uh, the show I've been watching On Hulu which is Sarah Silverman's I Love You America <laughs> Which is <clears throat> Sarah Silverman is, is Trying to create a bridge across the partisan divide. She's deliberately going out and being like, hey, I'm a liberal Jew, and I'm hanging out with this family in Louisiana You know, that's all Trump voters, and we're trying to find common ground. I live in
1: a bit of a bubble. I'm on the left coast. I work in the entertainment industry. I generally try not to leave my apartment ever. And as a result, it's possible I may have some unfair preconceived notions about what people are like in the rest of America. But that's the part of me i'm trying to change with this show so i decided to go have dinner with a real family whose lives are completely unlike my own do i deserve an award yes probably i mean take a look take a look
0: i'm I'm in a funny spot with this you know i'm estranged from a good chunk of my own family across the political divide and I'm, i'm on the one hand i'm sitting here going i know that we never really become a country again unless we can overcome these differences but on the other hand i I don't have anything to say to these people and I've lost all my respect for them. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm like, I'm like dipping my toe in the water and watching Sarah Silverman. Do
2: you ever notice though, that you don't hear any stories of conservatives going, I want to reach out and try and understand what these liberals are into. (laughs) You never hear
1: that. No, you don't. Mm. And it's, and, and our, uh, super Tuesday is tomorrow here in Texas for the primaries. And so all of the political ads have been blasting the TV. And our lieutenant governor, who uh, is just a ginormous asshat. Oh, I saw that ad. Uh, uh, just basically comes out swinging. And, and the gist of the, the ad is, I align myself with Trump, and you're all a bunch of crybaby liberals. And I
2: stand with President Trump on keeping our border secure. But liberals, they keep on fighting every step of the way. But I won't back down.
1: Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. I mean, that literally is the ad. It's like, that's his platform. It's like, well, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. I hate that shit.
0: And that's just it. It's like, how, how can I meet you halfway when you've spent the last, like, 20 years just being dicks, and I can't, yeah. I, I can't look past it? Uh, okay, anyway. Well, then, on that, have you, have, you that seen,
1: have you seen a show called Hate Thy Neighbor? Uh, no, <laughs> I think, I think it's on, I think it's on vice, but basically it's a, this British comedian, uh, what's his name? Jamali Maddox. Uh, he, but he, you know, he looks like, like a, your typical, like cliche Muslim looking dude. Cause he's got the big beard and the whole thing, but he basically just travels around the world, uh, to make sense of stuff like the resurgence of the alt-right and whatnot. So he actually goes and talks to, to the people, uh, for these movements, and the whole thing is super uncomfortable <laughs> because, you know, you never know what's going to happen, and you can tell people they're just on edge <laughs> on both sides, but I would recommend <laughs> that if you like the Sarah Silverman thing. Alright, so, in other
0: uh, fresh shit, I also started watching The Last Man on Earth with Will Forte. And
1: First season, good. And second season, no I got good.
0: about four episodes in, and then I stopped watching it. I just... <laughs> couldn't
1: stand him. He was such an ass. Yeah. Um, It it, it doesn't get much better. But the odd thing about that show is that as they introduce more people into the show as characters, it mm-hmm. gets less interesting. It's basically, it's just, you should have kept it about literally the last man on Earth and it would have been so much better. Yeah, right. the that, first episode that, when it's just him, <laughs> yeah. like, that's okay. The second
0: episode when it's just him and just, like, the one woman he really yeah. doesn't click with and they're the only yeah. people, that's, like, a good show. As soon as it's, I'm trying to get into January Jones' pants. Yeah, and. Yeah. Then the fat guy shows up and he's just yeah. being awful the whole time. I'm not rooting for my lead character at all. And I know that's intentional. But yeah. I don't have to watch it.
1: it I, well, I think, I think my, my, my favorite part about that first episode is when he's just literally in a blow up pool like the little tiny pools you keep in your yard and he's just it's full of te- it's full of tequila and tequila he's just margarita. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just basically soaking in a margarita while he's drinking the margarita i thought that would be me if the end of the world hit i'd be like yeah fuck yeah. it i'm gonna go light some toilet paper on fire and drive a car into a wall and then i'm gonna swim in a margarita yeah. bowl
0: <laughs> and he has and he has no electricity and he's driving all over the country and he, he settles in tucson
1: Seriously, dude. Yeah. Like, that's where he's, go someplace that's where he's else. From. Yeah. Uh,
0: he's
2: yeah. He's but, from Tucson. You no. Know. Yeah. He's from Tucson.
0: Okay, but you need <laughs> air conditioners in the summer. Well, I mean, <laughs> anyway. hey. Uh, okay. All right, and then finally, yeah. I did go to the theater uh, this week. We saw Annihilation with Natalie Portman. I wanted to see that. How is it, Eric? You're not gonna like it.
1: Why? Because um, the <laughs> oh, challenge. Like arrival. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. It's,
0: it's slow-paced.
1: I hear it's kind of it, creepy, and the music is very sinister. Yeah, I wanted the to music see it The music is creepy. super, yeah,
0: super creepy, and the ending is very trippy. Like, uh, 2001 levels of trippy. Like, you know, we have no dialogue, and it's all just, like, sound and, and light. and
2: Right.
0: But, uh... There's also some pretty effective horror stuff. There's some cool design of it. That's, it's trying to be a lot of different metaphors at once. Uh, you've seen the trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, but I in the trailer, what it's, it's clear about. that there's, well, I mean, in the trailer, it's clear that there's like this weird part of the world where the, everything, the air looks like an oil slick. And then when they go in there, like, the plants aren't right and the animals aren't right and everything is just Mm -hmm. not right Um, and there's some monsters all of that works really well I
2: remember remember Natalie Portman with uh, uh, an AK going through the jungle and all women if I saw it right yes it's all women
0: yes it's her and Tessa Thompson and Jennifer Jason Lee and two other women whose names I don't know. Huh. Um, they do some, some, I think they make some bad choices. There's a framing device where they're talking before you see the action, which robs the action of a lot of its tension. Uh-huh. Um, which I, I don't agree with and there's the very end of it they, they do some stuff with Natalie Portman's character and also with Oscar Isaac's character that if the metaphor was what I think it was supposed to be kind of ruins the metaphor and goes into a totally other direction so eh, it, really? I, I think it, it would be better if I was high uh, like really
2: high. <laughs> okay, now that makes sense. <laughs> it's uh, like all yeah. of that. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. <gasps> oh, hi. Yes. Okay. I and I now I know
1: exactly that th- that does actually make sense. Well, if you look at some of his past work, the director Alex Garland, uh, that's pretty much his thing. Like his big breakout was the beach. I haven't seen Ex Machina yet. Ex Machina is that. awesome. That's like a weird. It's like parlor horror gothic thing. Basically, it's like an Edgar Allan Poe story, but put in the modern techno age. Uh, it's very well done, and it was just super weird and creepy. So I can imagine Annihilation would be uh, a fairly fun time.
0: Hmm. This is yet another movie where it, it's an R-rated movie. There's a scene in it that is the modern equivalent of the chestburster from Alien. There's a really disturbing Cronenbergian nasty ass scene. Um, And of course, it's another R rated movie where there's like little kids in the row next to us.
1: Like, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You You know,
0: same same little boys with their voices unchanged who were all excited about the Deadpool 2 trailer. Like, yeah. God damn it, people. Like, save something so that there's something fun when you grow up. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Everything is horrible. Yeah, don't worry. They're
2: only children, and 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 (laughs) fuck them.
1: Trust me, they have phones. They can see a whole lot
0: worse on the internet now. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) agreed.
2: Believe me, everything the whole the whole system's going down. Okay, we we we, we've lost (laughs) liberal democracy. We've lost innocence. Uh, You know, it's
0: it's it's all Thunderdome from here. So let's talk about movies. This may actually be the first episode of the Magnificently Huge Podcast where the fresh shit segment is longer than the real segment because this is poorly thought through. Um, it's what
2: I referred to actually when we were talking about it as our jazz episode <laughs>
0: because we're really kind of. <laughs> it me. could end up being
2: that. It, well, yeah.
0: here's, here's the hey, thing. Hey, everybody, just hang out with yeah. Chris, Eric, and Brian, and we're going to talk about stuff.
2: Well, oh, here we tell- got to we got to find some mood music
1: for that. Yeah miles Davis is good so tell, tell us the uh, the basic conceit of this particular episode and then we can expound from there apparently
0: between my desire to reach out to you know the bullies on the right uh, and and this topic this must be the episode where I want to be the sincere guy that you guys just crush and make fun of I um, I, I had started going, hey, are there films or TV shows or things from, from the past that were really resonant, that really sort of captured a moment in your life that, that you felt was reflective of reality? And you guys were both kind of like, I don't have much to say on that topic, and I concede the point. So we wanted to add to that um, things that seemed resonant at the time or that we were really into, but in retrospect, we look back on and go, oh, that sucks. You know, things like the fall guy.
1: Right. Uh- <laughs> well, to be fair, I never thought the Fall Guy was something that was amazing. <laughs> it was just a good f- fluff entertainment. I mean, it was like Matt Houston, Remington Steele, that kind of stuff. But I never look back and go, oh, you know?
0: Okay. But let's, let's start there. Like, yeah.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: What, what's actually something that you, that you did look back and say, you know, yeah, that speaks to me? And now you look back on it and you go, what was I thinking?
1: Oh, oh. There's, i I came up with a few uh, I would just do the blanket though pretty much any TV show from the 1970s uh, you can pr- pretty much <laughs> lay that on and you don't have to get much of an argument uh I mean I'm willing to hear it if you've got one but I dare you to find any show let me start with like a quick philosophical point if I may we are all
2: always dying right like whoever you were literally 24 hours ago that person's dead. And you're the new person, and you're going to be dead in 24 hours, replaced by this other version of you, okay? So, you're constantly changing, and and whatever you thought you liked in the early 80s, there's no reason Mm. that the you of now should like it too. And that's something I'm I'm really only learning these days, which is that basically, everything I thought I knew is always wrong. You know, that... uh, When
0: I when I say I like something Black it's like that is white up is down and short is long Everything
2: you know is wrong Black is white up is down and short is long and everything you that was just so important, doesn't
1: matter. That version of me from before liked that thing I but, was making a weird out joke sorry Oh But to uh, but to that point though Eric there I mean I was looking back I I did approach this somewhat uh, somewhat seriously I guess to be prepared but i found more instances of things that i liked that i still enjoy than i could find instances of things that i liked that i just totally hate now and i don't know Mm. if that's just ironically i had the opposite problem well i don't (laughs) know if it's just i just don't know if it's my my memory kind of uh, suppressing the awful and just sort of retrofitting it going, yeah, you, you kind of, at a base level, knew that all that shit sucked, and so you're not really that disheartened by it. I, maybe it's just my own personal defense mechanism for all of the, the pop culture that I overly ingested in my lifetime, because I was a fairly solitary child for a, a good chunk of time, and so I had books and TV.
0: Until he became a fairly solita- solitary adult.
1: yeah. And uh, okay, and didn't care at all, so I, I had trouble finding I mean I could find bits and pieces, but I mean it's all just sort of a blur. I think it's because if it sucks, I really just actively disengage it from my my memory and then have to kind of search for it, and I don't really bother. I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but that's sort of my conundrum on oh, that That's
0: fine. all right I'm, I'll call out a specific one. I'll start us off with. Chasing Amy, um, arguably, other than maybe Dogma, the the only Kevin Smith film worth watching. Uh, Dogma being really the only one it, worth watching.
2: Jay and Silent Bob um, Strikes Back was... I remember uh, being good. You know what? It probably is shit now that I watch
1: it, given what we're talking about. The only good about. thing it's, about that one is it's, it's got uh, Buddy Jesus. Oh, uh, that
0: was Dogma. Dogma Dogma <sighs> was a good Damn one. Damn it. Chasing Amy <laughs> was was one of those, you know because I'm morose asked me and we'll get to it. We will get to it. Um, you know, breakup movies worked for, worked on me all the time and Chasing Amy is a <laughs> breakup <laughs> movie.
1: Uh, we'll get to it.
2: <laughs> anyway, um,
1: Shh, Eric, Eric, don't say anything. But I'm don't not say saying anything. a goddamn <laughs> word. No, no. no it,
0: it won't take long. Chasing Amy, though. Um this was a movie about a guy who was super into a girl who was gay and it was a movie about him trying to get her to not be gay and sleep with him and it was a movie about a guy who was insecure about all the you know sexual adventures this person had had and he and he, he felt inadequate and he needed to to make her into that. And it was he I mean the character was a terrible person. Yeah and Ben Affleck <laughs> and again, it's hard to report. Yeah. Ben yeah it's, hard, he it's ben hard, ben hard to
2: like Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. You know, ben Affleck's uh he's an asshole. He called my girlfriend, he called my wife a bitch.
1: Yeah. We know. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> and I'm, just, but
2: I'm always gonna spread that one around <laughs>
0: until everyone knows that He called my wife a bitch. Uh well, it's... Because, you know, you have to damage Beneflex' reputation. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. you know...
1: Yeah. Well, I... I mean, Kev, the, the whole Kevin Smith oeuvre, I think you can pretty much make a case for. At some point in time, it was something you could watch and uh, identify with, but you just can't now with any sort of... uh yeah, you know I almost I mean? went for Clerks. Well, I, that was because I, um, th- I was thinking about that, and Clerks is the one that did it for me because I actually did work in a video store for a very long time, and that was fairly true to the experience. But I, 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 And this whole podcast is basically us doing banter like they did in Clerks. Oh, we do it so much better. We do it so much better. <laughs> and in color. <laughs> but, but Clerks was just... I, I tried watching it again as... A, an adult like an actual established adult with uh adult problems and it just it's it just doesn't hold up it's very much of its time and you look back and you go oh man fucking snot-nosed punk i mean it's literally like what you do and it's like and, that was my reaction when i first saw it i, I always hated that movie i was always yeah. like you know but you the you, fuck up that you've always been preternaturally old eric <laughs> uh, so, so, so anything that speaks to youth culture, you pretty much just shit all over anyway. So okay. that was that. You're always a good barometer. I thought it
0: was just that he hated everybody. Well, that too. Well, that's part um, of that being too. old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, he was telling people to get off his lawn before he had one.
0: <laughs> so, Eric, do you have anything like that? Uh, a movie that you thought God. was good and no, it isn't.
1: Well, you, know you didn't. Well, yeah. Uh, well I was just say, Brian didn't explain why chasing Amy is no longer good. Hmm. Okay, yeah.
0: Um, I tried to. Uh the the lead character is a douche. Okay. And he, you know, he's he's really shitty. To- and he even gets I mean, it's not like they didn't know this, right? Like he gets uh beat up for it pretty bad, but we're still supposed to sympathize with him somehow. Yeah. Um Okay. I mean, in that sense, it is, I guess, still... It's not just a giant fantasy. You know, he doesn't get the girl. He he gets what's coming to him for being a douche, but uh, just maybe it shouldn't have <laughs> rooted for him at all. <laughs> okay, fair enough.
2: <laughs>
1: fair enough. Okay. It's,
2: it's like I remember... Do uh, you remember Wendy? Wendy, I remember going to see uh, uh, Rudy. When it was in the theaters, Rudy. And uh, she came away with... What everyone at the time would have agreed was the absolute wrong lesson from that movie. And now I look at it and I go, that's the only lesson from that movie, which is some dreams you just shouldn't have. You know, I mean, how much of his life did he waste on this fucking stupid football thing? And 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 for what, you know? And of course, you're supposed to watch it and go, "Well, no, no, he put his his heart and soul into this this yeah. footballing, and uh, and 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 he realized his dream of playing with Notre Dame for like you know twenty seconds in a play that didn't matter, and you know what a waste of time." <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's about somebody with of. an obsessive compulsive disorder, and in the end, <laughs> everyone acce- accedes to it. You know, and basically says, okay, we'll, we'll help you with your deranged passion. But
1: at any no, point in time, did we you should a- know better. But at any point in time, did you
2: actually like it? Um, no, never. Uh, okay. God. So I'm not sure why I brought it up. Um, Just because you like to piss all over stuff. Yeah, so that's fair, and you, and it's a solid point. But I would just—I I do think that it is like even if I didn't like it, it's one of those movies that at the time had all this meaningfulness, and now it's kind of a you know punchline about uh, Sean Astin.
1: <laughs> yeah, poor Samwise Gamgee.
0: Chris, did you have any any specific shows or or movies that that fit that description?
1: Uh, well, I got two. One real quick. Uh, as a kid, I love the the hell out of Benny Hill, and I can't watch it these days. It's just awful. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. Benny <laughs> it Hill is still not great. It is not great. It is just. It is great. God, it is hard to sit through. So I just wanted Why? to mention that. It's yeah. just. It's painful. It's just. It's, it's just, so innocently rapey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that's just. That makes me uncomfortable.
0: Ah. Uh, so my, my favorite uh, Benny Hill joke was was the one who was like, um, yes, we're gonna have an interview with uh, Roy Orbis and his musical bum. And he's like, no, that's music album. Yeah.
1: Well, that's like another one too, where it's the guy painting the the sign on the building and uh, and it should be therapist. <laughs> but he't but because oh no. of space, it's something else that you can imagine what therapist would be. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I can't watch that anymore. Uh, damn it. But the one that I was thinking of, and I will admit that I, I got suckered in by it when it came out. And it was just, I think, right age, right time. Uh, but it is so not a good movie. And everybody loves it. And it kills me. Is Dead Poet Society. Yeah. That movie. Yeah, I saw through like, that one, too. That one. Yeah. I figured you would. But as a kid, I mean, you're going through all the like the kid problems. And you're like, "Oh, and you you root for these yeah, nonconformity. Yeah, fuck the system, screw the man." But I watched it recently and it literally is not about nonconformism at all. It's just about shifting conformity to a more palatable form. Yeah. And so all of these kids think that they're being, you know, total dreamers and and being their own people, but they can't do anything on their own without approval from something. And the whole thing is anchored on Robin Williams' character, Mr. Keating, who forces them to call him, oh, captain, my captain. And it literally becomes a textbook case of how to radicalize youth uh, into some sort of cult. (laughs) It's just mind-numbingly weird to watch it now and see that and think, what the hell was I thinking when I got all weepy towards the end when the kid kills himself because he can't act because his dad wants him to be a doctor and it's so sad. I mean, it's like, come on. Come
0: on! So, I never watched it. It looked it looked boring to me. Oh at the time. god!
1: And they and the and the other gist of it as well is because the it it talks about how poetry is life and it's all about love and this and and he really goes after you like you 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 feel it you know you feel it and so basically it shits That's all over. I was
0: bored. Yeah, it yeah. it
1: shits all over the idea of of what taking literature classes is all about, which is the 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 really non sexy aspect of critical thinking where you have to parse the themes and everything. I mean, that's as boring as shit to watch on a movie. But if you can feel it, if you can look at it and go, ah, it makes me feel it. I'm gonna stand on a desk and I'm gonna jump off and... It's like, this, come on. It is so, so fucking awful. I'm so mad just thinking about it right now. Fuck. <laughs> 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 so. so, a movie that got
0: me all riled up and feeling stuff that is objectively terrible uh, is Pump Up the Volume. Loves- yeah, that's not a good one. Is that no, not Christian Slater? That doesn't work anymore? No. Uh, no. It's, I mean, partially, it doesn't work because the world has moved on. Like, it's no longer a plausible premise, right? Yeah. But, and Christian
1: Slater's no longer cool. Well, and in, in tandem to that, I'll I'll uh, I'll give you a, uh, a cousin to that is Breakfast Club. Also, is just not a good movie uh, to rewatch.
0: <laughs> All right, I wanted to I wanted to put Breakfast Club in as one that kind of holds up, but kind of doesn't. It, like. It works in parts. I got to ask how much of this is
2: doesn't work because it doesn't work and doesn't work because we're old men now. Cause like I said, that whole thing, we're constantly dying. It's like, I have a feeling the film is still good to like a 14 year old Eric, but it's, you know, yeah. trite well, the, well, you to know so me. the
0: breakfast club has an audience in, in modern youth culture. And I don't understand it because like in, how do they relate to it in a modern... First of all, none of these kids would have spoken to each other in study hall. They all would have been on their phones.
1: Um, but but it's, it's so quaint. I don't know. Well, But beyond that, it's, you know... I don't know of any school that has detention for eight hours on a fucking Saturday. So right there, it's contrived. Hey, they had it in Jumanji, <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle,
0: man. <laughs> they, had, they had to clean up that AV room, and they found that video game, and it turned into the fucking rock. Oh, uh, well... I Um, concede the point, sir. So, you know, it's still relevant. (laughs) Fine. Uh. Uh.
1: (laughs) So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. The Breakfast Club is contrived, but I think its message is still, you know, it's the Sarah Silverman message. It's the, hey, cross over your prejudices and and give other people who you would normally never talk to a chance, and maybe they'll surprise you. I think that 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 is a message that, Hopefully, continues to resonate. Well, pla- And then you get old, and then you find out that they'll always disappoint you, and then you hoard <laughs> yourself off for them and say, never mind, well, not my tribe. And then there's
1: also the <laughs> Ali character who basically has to transform herself uh, into something palatable so that the wrestler jock will yes. like her. I mean, that's just a really – that's an awful, awful message, and it's just very weirdly planted in there. It's like she's the total outcast, and she's the only one that actually does what she wants to do and is true to herself, and then she changes so that she can be part of the group. It's very, very, very bad messaging. (laughs)
2: There was one of those Jenny Jones shows I remember in the 90s where they did the makeover your goth teen, you know, and like it was like (laughs) teens who are too into goth. And so they dress them up into like, you know, like, you know what they dress them up in. And uh, they... I remember they had the the girl come out and dang, hey, let's see what Cheryl looks like now. And she comes out and she looks like you know every other teenager, and she's crying. You know, she's <laughs> she's not happily; she's crying, crying. And they're like, "What's the matter? What's wrong?" And I'm screaming at the TV. You just took her fucking identity. What do you think she's crying about, you asshole? <laughs> and I, I I always had that problem with the Ali Sheedy thing. You know that she couldn't quite be liked and be crazy and dark and an
1: alcoholic and a liar you know yeah. it's got flaws and it doesn't help that it's it's sandwiched well i don't count weird science cuz that's flawed in multiple ways but that's just a weird ass movie yeah and that's definitely and it's one i'll watch but it's just not not good but it's but you look at that era and you get uh 16 candles which has a lot of weird Subtle racism in it—that's not so subtle—and yeah. it's subtle? and it's problematic. And then you get Ferris Bueller, which is its own other uh set of problems because it's basically a, about and a, potentially a Jacob's ladder scenario. <laughs> yeah, but it's basically about a, a narcissistic sociopath that basically. Most of John Hughes'
0: stuff is yeah. is fan, is fantastical, right? It's yeah, it's all yeah, fantasy yeah. stuff. Yeah. The Breakfast Club is maybe the most grounded of his movies. Oh, it is
1: not. I would disagree with you, but. That's fine.
0: (laughs) What's more grounded of his movies? Uh, Weird science, obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) None of his teen movies have any semblance of grounding. I mean, they're they're pastiches. They kind of say, well, yeah, here's the, the poor kid and here's the rich kid, but they're all basically just archetypes when you get right down to it.
0: I think John Hughes' real contribution is his impeccable taste in uh British indi independent music at the time. Yeah.
2: First I'm gonna make it then I'm gonna break it till it falls apart Hate
0: all the faking and I'm shaking while I'm breaking your rinse all heart. Prince i
2: right. the guy can put together a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Certainly not in the movies. Uh, okay, a, one I'd like to throw on the fire is uh, really anything <laughs> by David Lynch. I, I think David Lynch is so oh. spectacularly overrated. A- and at the time, I was so in love with Blue Velvet, uh, Wild I still, at
1: Heart. I still like Blue Velvet as a movie. I think it's fun. Oh, oh it's Jesus Christ.
2: No, Dennis Hopper is great, but the movie Blue Velvet
1: is just Shit, uh, I still it's, like it's, it. The one, the one that's hard for yeah. me is Wild at Heart because it's got moments, but at the same time, yeah. it's just a, it's just a big giant mess. And I remember when we saw you were working at the the movie theater, so you had passes for it or something, or they were doing mm-hmm. the screening, and we went to like a midnight show, and uh, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just so weird and it had moments, but I think with the point when, when you get Nick Cage doing his bit about this jacket is a representation of my individuality. And, uh, and we just started laughing personal freedom. Yeah. And we just started laughing the theater and nobody else was laughing. And then that made us laugh more. (laughs) Come on. You can't take this movie seriously.
2: I guess not. But the idea though, that, out of all that silliness, is a great artist. That's forget it. You know, the the, the the I remember him saying, "Well, I wrote Blue Velvet after drinking a lot of chocolate milkshakes, but to do Wild at Heart, I <laughs> ate a lot of turkey sandwiches." You know, <laughs> like, shut up. You know, it's, it's awesome. just 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 weird for the sake of weird. Yeah. And I think a lot of people got off on that. Yeah. Just. Yeah, on, on oh, that level. Yeah. Well, he's weird oh, and I like And I'd al-
1: I'd also like to add that when I made dune, I was doing copious amounts of amphetamines and heroin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I,
0: I, I think it,
2: I it's think, not on, it, it's his scarf. Was that like a, a little subculture?
0: <laughs> <laughs> was that like a little subculture? Like it was cool because it, you know, you were kind of on the ends. Like there was this winking, like, yeah, yeah. We watched David Lynch movies kind of thing going on at the time. Uh, I guess. I don't
2: know if it was like, like, like a joke winking or if people were seriously like, no man, you
1: just don't get it. You know? Well, it's, it's the same people that bring up like Terrence Malick. And then, oh man, I love that movie and this and that. Like, if he doesn't have an actual narrative, they're just messy. It's like I don't know, I don't. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? Uh, like that tree of life or whatever it was. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I don't know. People can get get a little bit too into it. So, yeah, Yeah. But uh, but I will still say that I like blue, right. oh, that I like Blue Velvet. So, eh. yeah Ugh.
0: So, um, so let's get to it. You guys are always expecting me to talk uh, in this one to talk about say anything, and I it's another one that kind of holds up and kind of doesn't for me. Um.
2: Can I can I point out that I now only now as an adult realize the complete creepy fucked up edness of stalking right. the girl who
1: broke up with you by playing the song that you used to fuck to like through a boombox and at her house and girl's thinking it's the dreamiest and thing ever <laughs> yeah well okay so that latter part's messed up but
0: like here's the thing i can relate to how horrible i was when i was the i can't get over it stalkery guy mm-hmm. like That was what I related to, and and looking back, I'm, like, embarrassed. Oh, no,
2: at the time, we all thought it was romantic, but now, of course, you know, we realize stalking is an actual crime. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say you were horrible either,
1: Brian. I think insufferable might be a good word for it. Okay, sure. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, but that not hasn't horrible. Changed.
2: Uh no, but, don't but, listen to him, Brian. I thought you were
0: hilarious.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, and but thank s- goodness for that because I needed to have some kind of friend, <laughs> and at least the ones who thought it was you know worth laughing at stuck around. So yeah, that's good. If
1: only you could hear what we hey, s- slightly. Yeah. If only you could hear what we said when you left the room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't want to hear it. <laughs>
1: But say anything. Probably some some variation of oh, thank God. But say anything is also not helped by like the weird subplot with the dad being an embezzler, so he could put his daughter through school. I mean, it just it's messy. The whole thing is just messy, Uh, and narratively it doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you look at the pieces as individual parts, then it's it's still reasonably watchable if you're not trying to put it all together. Uh, yeah there's it's that whole thing not
2: it's certainly not as good as he would end up being with with masterpieces like aloha <laughs> uh, i
1: don't I mean, know I he think is, the he's john, a mess the Best john cusack he movie is, a is a probably
0: yeah. gonna be better off dead forever. Yeah. For but that's the but. thing
1: is you could you we could do a whole just a whole show on just the fuck up of john cusack movies Related to this sort of go, thing, put it on the spreadsheet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because because the the sure thing is another similar type of deal that one really hit home for me when it came out. no, no, save it for the Cusack episode <laughs> <laughs> but now it 's like, eh. No. but the one that gets me, and i 'm glad you brought up Say anything because this is a fairly recent one that I revisited, uh, but when high fidelity came out, and I really oh. I really glommed onto that one because it 's kind of it 's our sort of age group, our contemporary. And yeah, and it's all about obsessing over your your pop culture shit. In that respect, it's the music and the records, and going through a really awful breakup and trying to make sense of everything. Because uh, that was right around mm-hmm. uh, what we were about thirty, and you kind of had left your twenties, and I really just had nothing going on that I was really happy with, and I just was very very down. And High Fidelity came along, and I'm like, that's it, man. That's totally what I'm going through. And then I rewatched it again recently, and I'm like, that guy's a dick. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so like, eh, things change, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. But you can, you can look at all of the John Cusack oeuvre and pick. Like the Grifters, same thing. Uh, Gross Point Blank, that's another one I really dug, and I don't dig it as much now. So it's it's very uneven. This John Cusack stuff.
0: Eric, any others you wanted to criticize?
1: Oh God, a bunch. Um,
2: <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, like like yeah. I, I think you're right. Just about everything from the seventies is bad. Uh, you know, Jaws, Close Encounters. Uh, I don't understand E. T. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. No. <laughs> okay. once i say david lynch i'm pretty much done
0: i wanted to get to do any of us have examples of something that that does hold up that like you see yourself in or you see your your past in at least and you still find it enjoyable
2: hmm. uh, i still like the blues brothers you mean like
1: that
0: yeah well i mean in what way do you see yourself in it or is it oh just a no, movie I, like don't. no I don't No, i don't learn anything yeah. from it
1: uh that's, yeah that's that's a tougher <laughs> one with like movies that i like that stick around, because uh, I'm not really looking for myself in the stuff that I like. <laughs> it's just, it's, that's just like such yeah. self-loathing, that's such a self-loathing way to say it, but I really, if I see myself oh. in it, I'm like, I don't really, that's not interesting to me.
0: You're, you're kind of back to Eric's thesis, like the older you get, the more you hate your younger self. That's why yeah. you changed, maybe? Yeah. Well, no,
1: it's not that I um, hate myself, it's just e- even myself now, it's like, uh, yeah. well, I hate gonna... everything me. Yeah. So, I mean, the stuff that I glommed onto when thinking about the the good that I, like, still watch and still am enthralled by, no matter how many times I've seen it, uh, like, one of the big ones is Lawrence of Arabia, and that's on cable, like, every other week, it seems, on some of these channels like that. And it's the most beautiful photographic movie, uh, but it's also just the story itself. The fact that there are no women anywhere in it, I never really think about until it's over. Uh, But there's elements that are very, it's a very heartfelt love story at some point with it. I mean, it's just what he goes through, through that entire film, uh, it's just heartbreaking to me. And it just gets me every time. And then when you see it on like a 70 millimeter reprint, uh, it's just even all the more spectacular. So that's one that I, I will never, never let go. I love that movie so much. All right. Yeah, well, I'd that- like to. I'd like to be able to
2: say that, you know, because I really love that movie. But I think I'm dead inside because the more I think about it, the <laughs> less I. I'm like, yeah, I love the anything, you know. Well, I, I remember. Uh, I,
1: well, it's like I remember when we when they were doing all the David Lean retrospective stuff in the early '90s, and we went and saw the Bridge on the River Quai. <laughs> on the big screen and there's the shot with William Holden after he's escaped and he's just wandering through the jungle and they do like a thing where it's like the like the sun in the sky and it's showing how blistering hot and then he's got that like crazed look on his face when he comes into the frame and it still makes me laugh every time I see it because it just was so jarring on the big screen and again it's like we're the only two jackasses laughing in the entire theater yeah uh, and nobody and I don't know what,
2: what everyone
0: else didn't <laughs> see you know I mean that was funny <laughs> as hell <laughs> oh, so
1: every time it comes on uh, makes me laugh
0: all right well the one thing that that I could come up with that that sticks for me and I think the reason is because I can identify with many of the characters uh, and that's the TV show Freaks and geeks
1: mm. give a damn my reputation.
0: Uh, you know there was Time when I was the, you know, the nerdy ass kid trying to be king of the nerds among you know a small group of nerds. Uh, there was the time when I was the rebellious teen. There's the time when I was the the parent that was clueless. You know, so I'm able to to watch that show and say, oh, oh. I mean, it's cringy. But I'm starting to able to go. Ooh, I'm kind of every one of these characters at one point. Or <laughs> know, Jason Siegel is the boyfriend who can't get over the breakup. You know, it, all of it is there, um, and it's fairly authentic, and it's fairly authentic for the period. Yeah, early '80s. I got gotcha. you. And like everyone from that show is a big star now.
1: Yeah, that's true. Even or the, or the ones aren't working, working actor.
2: <laughs> Uh yeah that's that's one of those shows i like i understood the i don't know how to put it the the quality of that show but it was another show i couldn't watch because it made me too goddamn uncomfortable it's like i, I <laughs> some so many things i watch and i just go because
1: uh, uh, i remember yeah. the uh-huh. you know, being that person well it, it does uh-huh. remind me another show in my adulthood that that I watch and I kind of see bits and pieces. I think we touched on it earlier, but Spaced is a good one for that. Uh, There's a lot of notes in there that Mm, that ring ring very true, Uh, but even more truth beyond Spaced uh, would be Peep Show. That one is very cringeworthy to watch because it, (laughs) A lot of it hits really close because you're getting That's the inner Mitchell work. Mitchell and Webb. Yeah, show? it's yeah. where basically everything is shot from the perspective of the characters. So when a character, it's basically all their their point of view. So you never see them together unless there's another character in the room looking at them, and then you get the inner thoughts of the whoever's perspective it is. And it's just ah, oh, it's it's so hard to watch sometimes because it's you know you're putting on the polite face in front of people but inside your head you're just like i'm gonna fucking murder you i mean it's that kind of thing and there there are times when i
0: I came upon peep show after having watched the mitchell and web look and running out of that yeah and you know so number wang and all of that right yeah
1: let's play number wang
2: (laughs) julie to play first
1: three nine
2: 16. 12. 8.2. 4. That's number one. Which,
0: if you, if, if you haven't seen the Mitchell and Webb look, Eric, you've got to see this though. Oh, yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I actually found Peep Show first and then went to Mitchell and Webb look. Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, I wish I'd mm. gone the other way because Peep Show, to me, was uh, not as, as enjoyable. And maybe it was because it was intentionally, you know, about just unlikable people. But...
1: <laughs> um, Well, they they grow as unlikable people, (laughs) so, you know, (laughs) Uh, that's all you can really ask Uh, for. It's not just me. That's wonderful. (laughs) Uh, I would like to give a quick shout out to uh, the movie Braveheart, winner of the Academy Award from whatever year it came out, uh, as a really giant turd that I enjoyed at the time, but only because it had three really fantastically staged gory bloody violent battle sequences uh. and that's the only reason you need to watch it
2: yeah that was another one i remember that year that academy awards here i remember going this movie is shit uh <laughs> it's playing everywhere i can't mm-hmm. believe everyone's falling for this but what i love is okay this this spells it out the i went to see burnt by the sun which was the winner of best foreign film that year uh which is really great if you can find it I went to see that and the theater was packed. I mean, just packed. And at the same theater, they had Braveheart in two separate houses. They were doing the interlinking thing, which if you're an old, you know, movie house employee, you know, means taking one print and running it through two projectors. So you can get twice as many seats filled. No one was showing up for Braveheart. No one cared about (laughs) Braveheart. Everyone was there for burnt by the sun.
0: All right. So one more thing I wanted to call out, and that is, so we're we're Gen X, and that means we always grew up in the shadow of the boomers. And th- there was the movies that define a generation, right? And there were <laughs> there were a few of those for the boomers that that were forced out. So this is somebody else's memories. I remember we had an English teacher who made us watch The Graduate because you know, man, it's so true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I Just like the, the same teacher who
0: years later actually ended up uh, being exposed as screwing one of his high school students but anyway oh my god him um, oh yeah. yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh. made us watch the graduate but but you know easy rider or even like the wonder years like uh. all of this boomer nostalgia stuff that we have been marinating in our whole lives and i i never related to it and i i know i just know that everything we're talking about is like as annoying to young yeah. people <laughs> as it should i, I guess
2: be. i but you know what? That might even be the uh, another interesting topic for another day. Uh, I was thinking of I was thinking of how transitory comedy is after the Caddyshack episode, and how mm. so much stuff isn't funny. Just the next generation. I mean, you think of a uh, Ben Stiller and the and Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson, frat pack, whatever they called it thing. That was funny, and only. 15 years ago, and now it's not. You that know, was like 20 years ago. 20 years ago. I don't know. When, when was a ge- uh, a, Zoolander,
1: a, 2001? A generation.
2: It, it, it's just interesting to me how comedy doesn't last. And it's sort of the same thing. Whatever, whatever a generation thinks is important isn't. It's just, you know, it, it's not like to think times were better in the 60s. It's just old people miss
1: being young. That's it. Pretty much. I think it's, it, it's encapsulated by the, the scene in Train Spotting when Diane is talking to Renton. And then she's like, people change, tastes change. Uh, I mean, that's immutable. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're liking the same things that you liked 25 years ago and only those things, then you're probably stunted. That's pretty much <laughs> the way to look at it. I mean, it's you, you can't marinate in that same stuff. But the other way to look at it, though, quite honestly, is if you're happy
2: and you're stunted, why get unstunted?
1: <laughs> if you're happy and you're stunted, clap your hands. Well, that... <laughs> oh, I just <laughs> not getting yeah. the microphone again. But that reminds <laughs> the of... Because we didn't really touch on music that's of this ilk as well. Uh, mm. But that's like a whole other deal. But I I came up with three yeah, I, three three biggins, and then we'll just I can leave it at that. But the the eponymous okay. Genesis album from '83 <laughs> that had Mama and Illegal Alien. So me, I listen to that a lot, <laughs> and it's it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> uh <laughs> a, as well as the hysteria album by def leppard with pour some sugar on me uh, i'll defend hysteria uh,
0: it is uh, so uh, pour some it is never uh, me is like the worst song on hysteria well but even that is the best hair metal album ever
1: recorded it's not you're so wrong it is not hair metal oh you're right uh,
0: pyromania was the best hair metal album ever recorded uh, <laughs> hair metal
1: please. hair metal ah that's just wrong wrong i
2: i i remember being like like absolutely loving uh uh van halen but after a while i realized all their songs have the same problem where the cymbals you can hear going (laughs) (laughs) it's like he's hitting the cymbals so often that it infects every song and once you know that you can't, you can't enjoy it
0: anymore. Bad Halen yeah. is a band with four front men, only one of whom sings. Right?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's it. Uh, there.
0: Uh, all right. Well, we can we can rag on the boomers in another episode. That might be a whole other episode. Just why we hate the baby boomers.
1: <laughs> yeah. rag, ragging on Put the me boomers for that. That sounds like a podcast <laughs> title. Ragging on the boomers. <laughs>
0: All right, well, well, join us next time for more curmudgeonly Gen X bullshit from Magnificently Huge.
1: (laughs) I think that that should just be our tagline, curmudgeonly Gen X bullshit. And that about wraps it up for
0: yet another Magnificently Huge podcast. We're here every week talking about movies, music, pop culture, TV, everything but books. Right, Chris? Everything but books. All right. If you have stories from your past that resonated and you want us to talk about them, hey, you can hit us up. We can find us on Twitter at MagHuge, Facebook.com slash MagnificentlyHuge, Instagram, we're MagnificentlyHuge. You can email MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast, give us ratings, and share it with your friends on social media. We're still trying to build an audience, and well, that's slow going. So help us out and come back next week for more Magnificently Huge.